SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. You want to hop on board, open phones this hour. Last chance to chime in before the weekend comes. 844-843-6879. 844-843-6879. Uh, we got our top five college football trends for this weekend. Our top five NFL trends for this weekend as well. We got a couple of more college football games that uh, have been uh, suspended, uh, postponed, moved, however you want to describe it, because of the coronavirus. Got one terrific game on slate, although I hate to break it to you, but this game is really meaningless. It, it, it really is. Uh, and then we got the baseball stuff from last night as well. We got the uh, Braves knocking off the Dodgers 10 to 2 as they take commanding three games to one series lead. Bryce Wilson, really two storylines. The main one, Clayton Kershaw fails again in the postseason. That'll always be his MO until this team, you know, wins the World Series. He unfortunately is going to take the brunt of it. And, and, you know, in a lot of ways, deservedly so. Here's a chance for him to get the team back into it, tie the series at two after falling two games to one behind, uh, one down. You know, the big bats came through two nights ago. You figured that was going to happen two nights in a row, even though they were facing a pitcher and Bryce Wilson, who hadn't pitched in nearly three weeks. You won Kershaw to come up big, and he did for five innings, and then it fell apart in the sixth. And it's, it's typical Clayton Kershaw, and the Dodgers fall behind now 3-1 in the series. And if they don't win, it's, it's going to be another failed series for the Dodgers. And really, more importantly, perhaps, uh, you know, for Clayton Kershaw, because he's going to get the blame, even though, and I'll run down some of the numbers of some of these guys. It's not like the Dodger big bats are doing great. They, they really aren't. So Atlanta wins. Uh, Houston stays alive. They get a walk-off home run from Carlos Correa, beat the Devil Dogs 4-3 to three in a nine-inning regulation game, which 11 pitchers were used. Uh, I, that game took over three hours. It's just, oh, it's almost impossible for you to watch some of these games. Randy Rosarino, though, did hit another home run for Tampa Bay, if you want a, a good sign there. Le'Veon Bell signing with the Kansas City Chefs. We talked about that last hour as he chose KC over our beloved Dolphins, which I'm happy about. I don't want him. And, and the Buffalo Bills as well. So a lot to get to this final hour, including your phones. 844-843-6879. Scott Wetzel, Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Among our scholarship players, we have 18 current positives. We have another three walk-ons who are positive, so a total of 21 current team members. And when you add in those who are quarantined through contact tracing as a result of those positives, 
in addition to a handful of players who are on the non-COVID injury list, it, uh, it gives the Gators less than 50 scholarship players available currently. So um, certainly understand the importance of, of, you know, of trying to have a team prepared and available if possible during this, this, uh, this odd season that we're all in. Uh, certainly that was our intention, but uh, we've, we've reached a point where we, we don't think it's appropriate that uh, we try to play to get, play the game this weekend. Bagels about beats on a Friday morning, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. There are two games on the schedule this weekend that we're going to carry uh, college football uh, one step further along, and and one was taken away, Florida and LSU, albeit, you know, LSU is now one and two, so who knows how good they really are, uh, but they are the defending champs, so, and Florida had championship aspirations, despite what happened last week, uh, losing on the road to miss, uh, to, uh, to Texas A&M, but that was uh, the Florida AD talking about, uh, you know, no football this weekend because of the coronavirus, so that game got wiped off the board. A couple of more games got wiped off the board yesterday, in case you missed it. Um, You know, nothing crazy, but Cincinnati-Tulsa is going to be postponed. So is FIU at Charlotte. So, in all, we played, what, four, I would say four weeks, five weeks. Um, 31 games in all have been affected slash moved. So, is that a lot? Eh, You know, on, on the average, it's six a week. So, yeah, it would be a lot, but... Uh, you know, being affected, you know, just necessarily means not being postponed or wiped off the board. It just means that they got to move it from this week to next week or the following week or or in December, whatever the case may be. But, uh, you know, so far it's full steam ahead. But unfortunately, that is a game that will not be played. So one less game. The only other, you know, the real headline game is still there. And that is uh, Alabama hosting Georgia. And listen. This is a terrific game. Don't get me wrong. You got Alabama, which had the number one offense in, in college football earlier on uh, this season, uh, averaging over 50 points a game. You got Georgia early on this season as the number one ranked, uh, number one ranked defense. So you have the you know the uh, movable object or unmovable object in offense on Alabama and the unmovable object on defense in Georgia. Something has to give, blah, 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 blah. We all know Saban, you know, may or may not be there now. He tested positive for COVID on Wednesday. I don't know how a guy tests positive on Wednesday and then apparently tests negative on Thursday. I, that, that seems very strange to me, but uh, that's the hope that Saban will have tested positive yesterday. He'll test, uh, or excuse me, negative yesterday, Thursday. He'll test negative today, Friday, and then theoretically they could test him again Saturday morning. And if he tests negative again, that would be three straight negative tests, which is all it would need for him to be able to be on the sidelines according to SEC rules. So, but I've said, you know, even if he does test positive, right? I mean, what? why shouldn't he be allowed to go pick a press box and or a suite that's not being used as they aren't and just go coach from there? Well, what is it? You know, tell the coach, listen, you can't come an hour before game time when there's, you know, thousands of people mulling around. You have, If you want to coach Nick Saban, in this case, then you have to show up literally four hours before the game. No one's around. You go up to the, your, uh, your suite, and that's going to be your home for the next four hours. And then the football game, you're going to basically quarantine yourself inside this suite 
You, you set up all the, the headphones and everything else. You pretend you're a coordinator like the coordinators do. They sit upstairs. You just be the head coach. You sit upstairs. You run the game. And then when the game ends, you wait for everybody to leave. You're going to have to sit in there for a good hour, you know, if not plus. Uh, but then you can leave once everyone leaves. You go back home. Then we'll send our cleaning crew in there, just like we do all the time in the locker rooms and everything. And we uh, clean up that suite, you know, from uh, top to bottom. And and boom, everyone is healthy. Well, I don't know why they can't do that. You know, we're not talking about the Topeka High here versus, uh, you know, Jones uh, Middle School. We're talking about Alabama versus Georgia. You know, two of the most prominent college football programs over the last five years. Why would you not go out of your way to allow that to occur? It could happen. You know, you think this guy's going to go home and just sit in his bedroom for the, for the next two weeks before he gets a clearance? Of course not. He's going to go live his life. He may not be go bopping around, but if he's uh, asymptomatic as he is at this point, according to the results and the tests and, and uh, reports, then why not? Just say, here you go. Uh, we got 15 suites from uh, businesses that aren't being used. You pick one. You get up there well before the game. You stay there well after. You don't come in contact with anybody. We'll send our cleaning crew in there like we have to do anyway. We'll, we'll scrub it all down, and boom. You're Alabama. It's a home game now. Don't forget, it's not a road game. So you're not asking the University of Georgia to go out of their way. This is an Alabama home game. I'm shocked at you, Alabama people. I thought football was God down there. Do everything in the world. Appeal to the SEC. Hell, if you can appeal to the SEC about playing a season and get them to say, okay, then why can't you appeal to the SEC and say, hey, listen, let our head coach stay inside a booth and sit there for four hours before the game and an hour and a half or so afterwards and not come in contact with anybody? Why can't he do that? Why not? I don't understand it. Why can't he even call from home, for goodness sakes, if he really needs to? They're saying that's not allowed either. I know you don't necessarily want that to occur, but, you know, under these circumstances in a crazy year, again, he's asymptomatic. If he promised to stay at home, uh, you know, why can't you call up on the phone? Hell, we got FaceTime. We got telephone. You know, this is 2020. You know, this is not, the you know, Alexander Graham Bell back in the 1800s looking for communication uh, issues here. I mean, we, we have the ability to call people up. And, and new FaceTime and everything else. Why would you not encourage that? It's Alabama versus Georgia, right? So, I don't know. They, they think he's going to maybe pass three straight tests. I, I don't know how he could. And like I said, I don't know why he would fail a test on Wednesday, but then pass test the next three days. I, I don't get that. But And I hate to break it to you, because I do love college football. And this is a, a, a big game. Is it an important game, though? No, it's not. What I mean, Scott, it's Georgia, you know, three in the nation, Alabama, two in the nation. How's that not, a you know, an important game? In the big spectrum, it's not. Anytime the loser of a game still controls his own destiny, it's not a big game. It really isn't, and that's the case here. This is nothing more, I hate to break it to college football fans, but this is nothing more than an exhibition game. That's all it is. The winner is really in no better shape than the loser. It really isn't. And in a lot of ways, you can make the case that maybe they're better off losing because that might give them the mental edge when these two teams meet in the SEC championship game like they figured to do. You know, the only case you could make is if the virus hits college football so strong that they shorten the season 
and don't have some of these college football championships and just try and figure out, all right, who's our best team? Sorry, we had to sit out two, three, four weeks. Uh, we, we just can't play eight, nine, ten, you know, conference games. We just can't. We're, we're, we're stuck with four or five or six and uh, no conference championship. So other than that, <clears throat> this is a meaningless game. It is. Because if you look at the standings, let's just go over both scenarios, all right? Alabama wins. So they get the leg up, huge leg up, Scott. How can you say it's meaningless? Blah, 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 blah. Well, uh, it's it's a two-division conference. So Alabama's in the West and Georgia is in the East. Alabama beats Georgia. Okay, great. Um, but they're, they're not losing their, their Western division, right? Because they've already beat Texas A&M and, and outside of Auburn, they've already beaten Ole Miss. And then there's Arkansas, a bad LSU team, Mississippi State. So they're not losing. All right, let's go to Georgia's side. They lose. They're in trouble, right, Scott? Not really. They've uh, already beaten Tennessee, you know, the second best team in the comp in their division. Uh, they're not losing to uh, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, or Vandy. I, I mean, the East absolutely blows. You know, the one game they would have left would be Florida. So, but they control their own destiny. They win there, they get into the SEC championship game. The winner of the SEC championship game is going to the football's final four. So, you break it all down, and this game, you know, as big as as exciting as it is. Absolutely meaningless when it comes to the big things. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Friday morning. In case you missed it last night, Georgia State and Arkansas State played a crazy one in which Arkansas State ends up prevailing 59 to 52. I do believe we gave out the over in that football game uh, yesterday before we closed out the show. So cha-ching, cha-ching on that one. That was, They all should be that easy. Now it was a high number, 72, but uh, hit 111 points in regulation. Oh, by the way, no overtime in that one. So that, that's just uh, indicative of how you know, college football has been this year. Uh, these these kids forget about defense. It has just been score after score after score after score. So uh, Arkansas State does win 59 to 52. Uh, again, Cincy, Tulsa, FIU, Charlotte added to the list of uh, games this week that are not being played along with Oklahoma State, Baylor, LSU, Florida. And uh, what's the other one? There's, there's one more. There's at least five. I forget what it was. But uh, yeah, it, it, the list of, of growing games that aren't being played uh, continues. Uh, to do just that, grow. So, all right, 844-843-6879. Uh, Mr. Peanut is back, I'm told. Mr. Peanut, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning. Hey, Scotty, I just woke up, so forgive me if I'm a little off. No problem. First off, What's I up? just want to say, all these Corona bros need to just go hide under their bed and let the people who want to play football and go to work let them go. If they want to stay home, wear a mask, wear a bag over their head, cower in fear the rest of their lives, they go right ahead. 
but we don't have to be subjected to it, period. Next thing, Braves are going to win tonight. They're going to take it down. The Rays are going to win tonight. And I think, what, the World Series starts on Tuesday? Something like that, yeah. I, I don't think it's set in We're stone. I, I don't know if it would take two seven. days off or not. But, yeah, I, I think I – think, uh, I give the uh, the Astros a little bit better. I think this I think this Dodger team, Mr. Pino, the shot. I, I I think it's done. I, they shot their load two nights ago, getting those fifteen runs. Um, I I give Houston, even though it's obviously a better, you know, mathematically as well, three two versus three one. But I, I give them a better chance of rallying against Tampa than I do the Dodgers against the Braves. Now you 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 don't give the Rays any respect. It's if the Rays had <laughs> Red Sox jerseys on, you'd be calling them the greatest thing to ever grace a baseball field. You'd be saying that Randy or Rosa Reina is going to be in the Hall of Fame. You'd say Kiermaier is the best player to ever walk the face of the earth, and you'd you wouldn't even think about JD Shot Martinez. That guy is garbage. He shouldn't even be in the league. I gotta go. Wow, ah, man. Uh, listen, uh, JD Martinez helped us win a World Series, so I, I don't know about all that. Uh, your angst against him for some reason or another, but this Tampa Bay team is not good. It, it, they're bad for baseball. They really are. You know, there were certain teams like Virginia. You know, winning a national championship in college basketball bad for the NBA, uh, bad for college basketball. You know, the Pistons uh, way back when winning an NBA championship bad for the NBA because their style of play. It's just, you know, because every league is a copycat league. And it's one thing for one team to play the way they play and win. But if it means that, you know, 15, 20, 30 other teams are going to try and duplicate that style and not maybe have the same kind of success, but just duplicate that style, then it's bad for the league. And that's why you don't want 20 other teams running their baseball programs like Tampa Bay does. You just don't. I mean, it, every game would be an absolute bore. Um, you know, forget about not necessarily knowing the players. That's more a, probably a payroll thing than a, than a strategic thing. But, you know, this bullpen by committee garbage and bringing in seven pitchers every single game, you don't want teams doing that. You, you don't. You know, kudos to the Devil Dogs for having success working it out that way. But again, that's more a product of their payroll than a philosophy. If you told Tampa Bay, listen, here's $150 million to go spend on salaries, go ahead and do it. And they, they wouldn't be having bullpen by committee games. They, they would, you know, maybe one. But, you know, they wouldn't be getting rid of every single pitcher. They wouldn't be breaking the bank, God forbid, for Charlie Morton, for goodness sakes, and letting the David Prices of the world uh, all walk away. They would be doing everything possible to go get big-time free agents just like all the others. So um, kudos for them to to have it work, but you don't want other teams saying, boy, you know, uh, the, the Devil Dogs are using seven pitchers every single game, and these guys aren't blowing their arms out. You know, when's the last time a Tampa Bay pitcher came down with a nasty injury? It doesn't happen to them for some reason. Boy, we should do the same thing. They want a World Series that way. So it's obviously working, right? You don't want that. You don't want pitch and change after pitch and change after pitch and change. And and uh, you know what? This uh, minimum of three batters thing, I wasn't in favor of it, but I am now. It's it's it definitely worked. So good job by Major League Baseball, you know, at least limiting the number of appearances by some of these pitchers. Otherwise, man, you, you might be using 10 pitchers every single game. But 
Again, they're bad for baseball, Mr. Peanut. They really are. Um, give them all the credit in the world for working on peanuts, pardon the pun. But you don't want that team to win a World Series. You really don't. Maybe you don't want the Astros either just because of the cheating from a couple of years ago. Maybe you don't want the Dodgers because uh, you think they went and bought themselves a championship uh, given Mookie Betts all that crazy money uh, after trading for him. Oh, by the way, not necessarily, you know, signing him as a free agent, but whatever. Um, you know, maybe the Braves are the one team that you can buy into uh, that. OK, they deserve, if you will, to win a World Series and would be good for baseball to win a World Series. But um, you, you don't want the devil dogs. And I, I tell you, you know, nothing for nothing with this Dodger thing real quickly. I do feel in some ways a little bad for, for Kershaw because he is going to ex- take the brunt of the Dodgers failures in these postseasons again. And, and we outlined them before. Whether it's the Brooklyn Dodgers or these L.A. Dodgers, I mean, it has been just a lost year uh, again for this club. And it's going to fall on Kershaw's you know, shoulders. But, you know, take a look at some of the numbers. Listen to some of the numbers that uh, I'll rattle off here. Postseason-wise batting. Uh, Cody Bellinger, supposed to be the face of the franchise, right? 257 is postseason. Justin Turner, uh, face of the franchise number two, 206. Uh, Mookie Betts paid a gazillion dollars for Mookie. Uh, he's batting 273 this postseason. Uh, Chris Taylor, starting second baseman, a buck 43 this postseason. Max Muncy, your starting first baseman, 214 this postseason. AJ Pollock, finally healthy, 240 this postseason. Um, you know, out, outside of uh, Jock Peterson, who's hitting 412, and uh, Corey Seeger, who's hitting 324. There's not a guy in that Dodger lineup that's hitting anything, not, not at least not their regulars anyway. I mean, it's just 182, 143, 212, 206, 214, 240. I mean, up and down the lineup with, you know, the biggest guys in their, you know, one through eight rotation there. I mean, and yet in the end, it's going to fall on Kershaw's shoulders. He failed again this postseason. And I'm going to be leading the chorus. I I will. I'll admit that, you know, because it does fall on his shoulders seemingly, you know, um, and and he had a great opportunity last night. You know, you tie the series at two, you know, God forbid. This goes back to the, you know, uh, uh, Greg Maddox days, you know, just pitching well enough to lose. Winning pitchers pitch well enough to win. Losing pitchers pitch well enough to lose. That was Greg Maddox in the postseason. That's Clayton Kershaw in the postseason. It really is. That, that is the, the simplistic way of putting it. The guy will give up five runs when his team scores four. He'll give up three runs when his team scores one. He'll give up eight runs when his team scores seven. He just pitches well enough to lose. Good pitchers will give up one run when his team scores only two. Will give up five runs when his team scores six. And, you know, go on down the line. He'll give up eight runs when his team scores nine. He'll do well enough to win. Kershaw is just not that pitcher. He is just the opposite when it comes to postseason. And we outlined the numbers earlier. His regular season numbers, 99 games over 500. ERA well over, uh, well under three. And his postseason numbers, one game under 500. And his ERA over four, nearly a two-run difference between his postseason ERA and his regular season ERA. And again, while you face better teams and better hitters, obviously, that is a huge, huge difference. So 
He did it again last night. 1-1 game, sixth inning. Now you're facing a rookie pitcher in Atlanta. You think somewhere along the line the team is going to break through, and it doesn't, and Kershaw falls apart in the uh, in the sixth inning, giving up three runs by the time he was done, and in the end they scored six runs in that uh, inning and, and blew it open and turned the 1-1 game into a 7-1 game. And the Dodgers now on the brink of elimination. And, and, and I do. You know, obviously 3-2 is a little bit easier to rally from than 3-1, but if both teams were on the same hole, you know, let's just say Houston was 3-1 <coughs> as the Dodgers are, I would say Houston has the better shot. And not only just because it's Tampa Bay versus Atlanta, it's just that the Dodgers aren't hitting. Three hits yesterday, three lousy, stinking hits. You know, they're facing a guy that hadn't pitched in nearly three weeks in Bryce Wilson. He's a rookie pitcher, and they come up with three lousy, stinking hits. Wow. Just unbelievable. So, yep, you're looking at an Atlanta Braves Tampa Bay, even Atlanta, Houston isn't a whole heck of a lot to write home about. It, it really isn't. So Dak Prescott sent out a little Instagram yesterday saying he's feeling good, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, kudos to him. So he didn't mention anything about re-signing or taking any less money or anything along those lines. But, you know, he did send out that Instagram saying that uh, he's uh, feeling well and, and uh, hopefully uh, he'll get back on his feet there. And he appreciates all the support and love that he's gotten over the uh the course of uh, the last, what, uh, three, four days, which he really, I, I we told you yesterday, just remarkable how many people have uh, stepped up to the plate there. So I will right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll run down the top five college football trends for this weekend and the top uh, five NFL trends for this weekend. All that's next. Thanks for that week for the Friday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. on this Friday morning. Uh, here's to Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until <clears throat> 7 a.m. Eastern time, 844-843-6879. Keeping an eye on the college football and NFL. We'll have our top five trends coming up here in a sec, so uh, get at your pad and pencils, and uh, we'll jot those uh, suckers down for sure. Hopefully uh, you could use those to make yourself a couple of shekels uh, this weekend. Uh, back to the phones we go with our good buddy, L.L. Hillbilly John in North Carolina. Wants to celebrate another Braves victory last night, no doubt. What's up, Hillbilly John? How are you today, bud? Oh, How about him, man? How about him? Not bad. Uh, nice win last night. Real, real nice win. I, I am impressed with this club. Uh, they've done a decent job. Uh, I thought maybe two nights ago when they gave up the 15 runs, that was the beginning of the end, uh, like it might be for Tampa Bay. Uh, but not so. You guys rally back and, and do a good job. So uh, congrats. Not over yet, but uh, you took obviously a major step last night to get into the World Series. No, I tell you, Scott, I've I haven't been able. I've been on the road all week. I haven't been able to watch the last three games, but uh, I 
I thought Kyle Wright, he'd been good the last two or three starts he had. I thought maybe he'd come through for him uh, not before last, but uh, evidently he just didn't have it, man. Uh, that's like I said, the, the Braves go however their pitching goes. If they're starting pitching, can give them good starts to where they don't have to jump into the bullpen too early. Uh, I'm not worried about the power. They've got the power. They've already shown that. Uh, it's all about their pitching, man. If, if they're starting pitching can do their part, then uh, I got no, I think they're going to win it all. Yeah, listen, uh, they, they have to be right now. I would think, I, I'll, I'll you know, double-check on FanDuel here maybe next break, but I would think Hillbilly John, they would be the favorites from this point, you know, knowing that they're up three games to one against the Dodgers and and knowing that, you know, Tampa Bay, um, you know, is, is probably going to finish off the Houston Astros. I would think the Braves would be a pretty decent favorite over a head-to-head matchup with Tampa Bay. So, yeah, they got to be the favorite at this point. Now, I don't know if you necessarily like that. You know, it's one thing to, from uh, kind of flying under the radar to all of a sudden being the favorite, but uh, this Pittsburgh team, sixth game this postseason, they've held the opposition to two runs or less. I mean, th- their pitching outside of two days ago has been just unfreaking believable, Hillbilly John. It's, it's amazing. I didn't realize these guys were that good. Well, you know, Scott, I, I told you uh, – Back at the beginning of the year, their their pitching's better than people think. And as far as Tampa, they've actually they played them four times in the regular season, and they split with them two and two. So I feel pretty confident about that. That's right, they did play. I forgot about that because the East played the East. So yeah, um, well they would they only played four times, not five times. So they split two and two. So that's not too bad, obviously. So you know the the yeah, good they, thing for the they played. Go ahead. They they played a, a two and two series. Played two in Tampa. Played two in Atlanta. The good thing is that you know your your key for you, obviously, Hillbilly John, is to finish off the Dodgers ASAP. You know, if you can finish them off tonight, then you'll have Saturday, Sunday, Monday to turn your your starting rotation around. And uh, World Series starts on Tuesday. You know, start with your your one and two guys and have both. Uh, uh, Freed and then and, and maybe Anderson and whoever, you know, available for, for twice in that, uh, you know, World Series versus just maybe one time. So if you could finish it, you know, big yet, but if you could finish him off tonight, that would be a nice advantage for you guys. That that would be the best thing, Scott, just to keep their foot on the throat. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Dodgers, if they still win one more game, uh, I just don't see them beating Atlanta three games in a row. I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't. I think it ends. To, I tell you the truth, I think it ends tonight. I think this Dodger team is is shell shocked, and I don't have any faith in any of those guys to show any kind of backbone whatsoever. They never have. Ill Billy John, and uh, I, I think the Braves finished them off tonight. I really do. Well, like I said, Scott, the Braves been under the radar all year, and I don't doubt if they they get this series took care of, I don't doubt most people will be picking uh, Tampa or Houston, whoever wins that series, because for some reason, this got a lot of doubters, man. Nobody nobody wants to give them any love for being as good as they are. They all want to throw it off on luck or something like that, but uh, 
they like I said, they go however their starting pitching goes. If the starting pitching comes through for them, then they can they'll win. Right. Hey, good job, Hillbilly John. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah, listen. Uh, like I said, that that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. <clears throat> and I um, appreciate the phone call, bud. Uh, if people want to, you know, uh, continue to discount what Atlanta's uh, been able to accomplish, I, I don't know why at this point. I mean, j- just completely shutting the door down pitching-wise on all these teams. So they, they face maybe the hottest team in, in, uh, in the National League in Cincinnati coming in. They disposed of them. You know, everything disposed of the best team clearly in the National League in the uh, in the Dodgers. You know, if in fact they end up doing that, so you can't you know say it was a fluke or they got an easy road to it. Check a fan do now and seeing uh, World Series odd. Let's see, they do have it updated. So there you go. They got the uh, Braves as the uh, favorite, if you will, at plus one twenty five. Which I'm a little surprised you could still get odds on them. Uh, Tampa Bay is plus 160, Dodgers uh, plus 550, and Houston uh, plus uh, 850. So the Braves are the smallest underdog, which makes them the favorite. Does that make any sense? So, <laughs> well, you're, you're getting odds on all of them, but you're getting the smallest odds on Atlanta, so that makes them the favorite out of the four. So, But the fact that FanDuel's still willing to give you a plus 125, you know, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to collapse and lose three in a row to the Dodgers. Maybe they don't win it tonight, but are they losing three in a row? You know, I, I, I kind of doubt that. So they would be a favorite over Tampa Bay. I, I would think in a head-to-head series, at least, you know, um, you know, you can't necessarily read those odds just because Tampa Bay's down three to two. Uh, so there's a better chance of them not getting to the World Series than the Atlanta Braves. But it, it would be pretty close to pick them. But I think Atlanta would be a slight, 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 slight favorite. I, I do. So. And I don't know, like I said, after flying under the radar, you know, for the most part this season, you know, champion Washington in the division, the Mets were going to do something, Phillies go sign uh, Girardi, you know, they were going to make some big moves and do this and do that. And, um, you know, no one really kind of respected Atlanta. And in the end, um, you know, it's Atlanta that's still standing. So um, that's okay, though. You know what? Again, They'll just continue to fly under the radar and continue to win. Don't worry about the uh, the doubters. All right, time to take out the pad and pencils. Going to do this every Friday. Been meaning to do it. It just really hasn't been that many great college football games. This week was supposed to be anyway. The, the you know the first you know somewhat monster week with a couple of games in the SEC. Had a couple last week, but <clears throat> didn't want to force the issue. So uh, going to do it for the first time. We'll do this every Friday. Uh, right around the same time, I'll give you the top five trends in college football, and I'll give you the top five trends in the NFL. We'll keep track. I do this for two reasons. One, just to show you that um, you know trends are really meaningless. I've done this over the years, and it basically comes out to be 50-50. It really does. Uh, but we'll see this year. And two, just uh, because people do love trends, um, and I like them, to tell you the truth. But you shouldn't necessarily just bet a game because of a trend, because you could find trends that say yes, and you can find trends that say no. <clears throat> and like I said, in the end, I bet you uh, it, it'll end up around 50-50 win-loss record-wise. But it's still fun, and it's still great. And some of these trends are really remarkable. So we'll start with, uh, and, I, and I scan the wire and everything else, uh, and these are what I uh, came up with. First one, college football. Central Florida lane three and a half at Memphis. You have an over-under there, 74 and a half or so. Central Florida has just absolutely owned this series 13 and 0 straight up. 
Now they have to cover the spread, you say, Scott. So, you know, I don't care if they go 14 and 0. If they only win by three, then I'm a loser here. So, but no, they've owned this series. And uh, Central Florida lost last week or last time out to Tulsa. Is how do they respond? Do they give up? Do they quit? Do they wave the white flag on the season? No, just the opposite. Central Florida, 10 and 0 straight up, 7 and 3 against the spread, off a loss as a favorite, which is what they were against Tulsa. They were a monster favorite. So, uh, trends wise, you know, forget everything else. Trends say Central Florida. Uh, Pittsburgh with Miami laying 10 and a half against uh, the Panthers. Pittsburgh 9 and 2 against the spread as road underdogs of more than five points. Nine and two is pretty good. That that's you know five and two, six and one, even seven and two. Eh, you know that that's just an anomaly sometimes. Nine and two, that's a solid trend. That shows you Pittsburgh doesn't get blown out of these games that they're supposed to. Uh, Tennessee's laying five and a half at home against Kentucky. You talk about owning a series. You know Central Florida, nice job against Memphis. How about Tennessee? Nineteen and five against the spread. And darn near all those wins against uh, Kentucky the last 24 meetings. 19 and 5, including 7 and 1 their last eight, when Kentucky, you know, actually had a halfway decent football team these last couple of years. Uh, Western Kentucky at UAB, laying 13 and a half are the Blazers of UAB. Uh, how about this one? UAB. 20 straight home wins since they resurrected their program. Remember, they went dark there for a year or so. Uh, 20-0 straight up at home, and more importantly for our purposes, 13-4-1 against the spread in those 20 games. They had two games against stiff competition, I guess, with no lines on them. So, uh, so not only are they winning at home, they are covering at home. Nice job, 13-4-1. Uh, That's pretty darn good. And then our last college football trend, our top five trend. I know it's goofy, but, you know, forget about the games. Just go with the trends. UMass getting 28 and a half at Georgia Southern. That's a lot of points, I know. But uh, UMass is 2-22 and 22 straight up their last 24 road games. And I hear you. Who cares? They can lose but not lose by 29. Uh, but get a load of this. They are 1-12 straight up their last 13 road games including 2-11 and 11 against the spread in those 13 games. So uh, over the last two-plus years, not only are they losing on the road, they are not covering on the road. And they've been monster underdogs before. So trend-wise, lay the 28-and-a-half as uh, Georgia Southern hosts UMass, which plays its first game of the season after they originally said they were going to not have football this year. They changed their mind, and this is their first game. So, man, you, you talk about just ugly, ugly numbers. Uh, you know, two and uh, 22 straight up. And then, uh, like I said, two and 11 against the spread uh, their last 13 road games. All right, let's turn it over to the NFL. Got some good ones in the NFL. Top five here. Chicago and Carolina. Teams all back-to-back upset wins, i.e. Carolina. 8-17-2 and two against the spread their next time out. Not bad. Uh, Giants uh, laying, uh, you know, three, three and a half or so against Washington. Big Blue. Uh, 6-19-1 against the spread their last 26 home games. Baltimore and Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles 8-1 under their last nine home games. Wouldn't expect that, to tell you the truth, but they are. Uh, Jacksonville and uh, Detroit. How about the Jags? 3-16 against the spread at home against NFC teams, as obviously the Lions are. 
And then finally, Green Bay laying a point and a half or so at Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, Bucks quarterback, 13-1 against the spread, coming off the game as a, off a loss uh, when, uh, when an underdog next time out. So Tampa Bay, a strong play there. All right, we'll wrap up shop next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. and bad beats uh, with yours truly on this uh, Friday morning closing up shop with a couple of stories we didn't have time to delve into and a winner as well. First up, Colts announcing moments ago uh, that they've closed their practice facility for the time being after multiple positive COVID-19 tests. So uh, for Survivor Pool players, if you got them uh, as your pick this week against the Bungles, be careful because they might not be playing. At this point, though, they are, but uh, keep an eye on that story. That is obviously not going away. Lakers guard Rajon Rondo figures to opt out of his contract, uh, set to make $2.69 million this year. There'll be a lot of suitors for him. He was terrific in the postseason. Rockets GM Daryl Morey announced he's stepping down as of November 1st. Out is him. Uh, up will be uh, Raphael Stone. He'll be named the uh, GM. He'll become the 10th uh, black executive to hold the GM job in the NBA. Turner Sports will be staging another golf uh, match. Uh, this time it'll be Phil Mickelson and Peyton Manning versus Charles Barkley and Steph Curry. Interesting, they go with Barkley, okay, but not Shaq or Ernie Johnson or even Kenny Smith from their TBS crew uh, bringing in Steph Curry. No Tiger Woods. I don't know if people are going to watch that or not. Um, you know, perhaps, but I, the, the hook to me is, uh, you know, um, not not really there. Tiger really brought uh, fannies to the table. I hate to say it, but uh, that is the uh, the truth. Uh, as far as our winner is concerned, you know what? We we had some success last night with the over in the college football game. So uh, let's go right back to the well. Why don't we? Six o'clock Eastern time start. So an early start. You got two games tonight. You got Southern Miss and Tulane, BYU, which gets underway at 930. We'll grab the over 64 and a half SMU and Tulane. So I know SMU's played a little bit of defense this year, surprisingly enough, but uh, that's okay. Hey, great job by the phone callers, emailers, and tweeters all weekend long. Uh, I'll update all the answers to the poll questions and everything else. Enjoy the rest of your Friday and then weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, next Monday right here. Bagels and Bad Beats. God bless you. Be safe.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.